Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 36. Today we'll be looking at the theme of the priest we need. A priest is someone who is a go-between between the people and God. And today we read in Leviticus about Aaron and his sons being set apart to be the priests. But we realize quickly that they are not the priests we need. They too, like us, are sinful. We need an ultimate priest, and that's where it's wonderful to see that throughout the story of the Bible, eventually the priest we need is known as Jesus. He is the ultimate high priest, the ultimate one, who is our go-between between God and us. So let's have a look at Leviticus and see the priest we need. The Lord said to Moses, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, the sin offering bowl, the two rams, the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble the whole congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. And the congregation assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then Moses said to the congregation, This is what the Lord has commanded to be done. So Moses brought Aaron and his sons forward and washed them with water. Then he put the tunic on Aaron, wrapped the sash around him, and clothed him with the robe. Next he put the ephod on him and placed on him the decorated band of the ephod and fastened the ephod closely to him with the band. He then set the breastpiece on him and put the Urim and Thummim into the breastpiece. Finally he set the turban on his head and attached the gold plate, the holy diadem, to the front of the turban, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it and so consecrated them. Next he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and so anointed the altar, all of its vessels, and the wash basin, basin, its stand, to consecrate them. He then poured some of the anointing oil on the head of Aaron and anointed him to consecrate him. Moses also brought forward Aaron's sons, clothed with them with tunics, wrapped sashes around them, and wrapped headbands on them, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he brought near the sin offering bull, and Aaron and his sons laid their heads their hands on the head of the sin offering bull, and he slaughtered it. Moses then took the blood and put it all around the horns of the altar with his finger and purified the altar, and he poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar and so consecrated it to make atonement on it. Then he took all the fat on the entrails, the protruding lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys in their fat, and Moses offered it up in smoke on the altar. But the rest of the bull, its hide, its flesh, and its dung, he completely burned outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he presented the burnt offering ram, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and he slaughtered it. Moses then splashed the blood against the altar sides. Then he cut the ram into parts, and Moses offered the head, the parts, and the suet up in smoke, but the entrails and the legs he washed with water, and Moses offered the whole ram up in smoke on the altar. It was a burnt offering for a soothing aroma, a gift to the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he presented the second ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and he slaughtered it. Moses then took some of its blood and put it on Aaron's right earlobe, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. 
Next, he brought Aaron's sons forward, and Moses put some of the blood on their right earlobes, on their right thumbs, and on the big toes of their right feet. And Moses splashed the rest of the blood against the altar sides. Then he took the fat, the fatty tail, all the fat on the entrails, the protruding lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys of, and their fat, and the right thigh. And from the basket of unleavened bread there was that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened loaf, one loaf of bread mixed with olive oil, and one wafer, and placed them on the uh, fat parts and on the right thigh. He then put all of them on the palms of Aaron and his sons, who waved them as a wave offering before the Lord. Moses then took them from their palms and offered them up in smoke on the altar on top of the burnt offering. They were an ordination offering for the soothing aroma. It was a gift to the, to the Lord. Finally, Moses took the breast and waved it as an offering before the Lord from the ram of ordination. It was Moses' share, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron and his garments and on his son and his son's garments. So he consecrated Aaron, his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Boil the meat at the entrance of the meeting tent, and there you are to eat it, and the bread which is in the ordination offering basket, just as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons are to eat it. But the remainder of the meat and the bread you must burn with fire, and you must not go out from the entrance of the tent of meeting for seven days until the day when your days of ordination are completed, because you must be ordained over a seven-day period. What has been done on this day, the Lord has commanded to be done to make atonement for you. You must reside at the entrance of the meeting tent day and night for seven days and keep the charge of the Lord so that you will not die, for this is what I have been commanded. So Aaron and his sons did all the things the Lord had commanded through Moses. On the eighth day, Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and all the elders of Israel and said to Aaron, Take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both flawless, and present them before the Lord. Then tell the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old and flawless, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for a peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with olive oil. For today the Lord is going to appear to you. So they took what Moses had commanded to the front of the meeting tent, and the whole congregation presented them and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Moses then said to Aaron, Approach the altar and make your sin offering and your burnt offering, and make atonement on behalf of yourself and on behalf of the people, and also make the people's offering and make atonement on behalf of them, just as the Lord had commanded. So Aaron approached the altar and slaughtered the sin offering calf, which was for himself. Then Aaron's sons presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar, and the rest of the blood he poured out at the base of the altar. The fat and the kidneys and the protruding lobe of liver from the sin offering he offered up in smoke on the altar just as the Lord had commanded Moses, but the flesh and the hide he completely burned up outside the camp. Then he slaughtered the burnt offering, and his sons handed the blood to him, and he splashed it against the altar's sides. Then the burnt offering itself they handed to him by its parts, including the head, and he offered them up in smoke on the altar, and he washed the entrails and the legs and offered them up in smoke on top of the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering. He took the sin offering, male goat, which was for the people, slaughtered it, and performed a purification rite with it like the first one. Then he presented the burnt offering, and he did it according to the standard regulation. Next he presented the grain offering, filled his hand with some of it, and offered it up in smoke on the altar in addition to the morning burnt offering. 
Then he slaughtered the ox and the ram, the peace offering sacrifices, which were for the people. And Aaron's sons handed the blood to him, and he splashed it against the altar's sides. As for the fat parts from the ox and the ram, the fatty tail, the fat covering the entrails, the kidneys, and the protruding lobe of liver, they set those on the breasts, and he offered the fat parts up in smoke on the altar. Finally, Aaron waved the breasts and the right thigh as a wave offering before the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them and descended from making the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering. Moses and Aaron then entered the meeting tent. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Then fire went out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat parts on the altar, and all the people saw it. So they shouted loudly and fell down with their faces to the ground. So notice here, just a quick little break, Aaron's done all the proper things. He is now the person who can go between the people and God, and God shows this by peering in his glory, but also by consuming the sacrifices with fire coming from his presence. So God is not someone to mess around with, but also he is powerful and gracious. Now we go to chapter 10 and see how quickly the priesthood fails. Then Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his fire pan and put fire in it, set incense on it, and presented strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them to do. So fire went out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, so that they died before the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke. Among the ones close to me I will show myself holy, and in the presence of all the people I will be honored. So Aaron kept silent. Moses then called Mishael and Lasphan, the sons of Uziel, Aaron's uncle, and said to them, Come near, carry your brothers from the front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came near and carried them away in their tunics to a place outside the camp, just as Moses had spoken. Then Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his two other sons, Do not dishevel your hair of your heads, and do not tear your garments, so that you do not die, and so that wrath does not come on the whole congregation. Your brothers, all the house of Israel, are to mourn the burning that the Lord has caused, but you must not go from the entrance of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they acted according to the word of Moses. Just a reminder, as strange as this story might be to us, Adab and Abihu, they decided, Nadab and Abihu, they decided they were going to do their own thing and not follow God's rules. They were going to, they were in charge, not God. And God made it clear, that's not how you are to come to me. And this is important to realize, uh, God is not someone you can manage. God is someone who you follow and obey. And yet we see in his grace and his love that that's very much worth doing. Continuing, then the Lord spoke to Aaron, do not drink wine or strong drink, you and your sons with you, when you enter the meeting tent, so that you do not die. This is a perpetual statute throughout your generations as well as to distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean, and to teach the Israelites all the statutes that the Lord has spoken through Moses. Then Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his remaining sons, and he said, Take the grain offering which remains from the gifts of the Lord and eat it unleavened beside the altar, for it is most holy. You must eat it in a holy place because it is your allotted portion and the allotted portion of your sons from the gifts of the Lord, for this is what I have been commanded. Also the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the contribution offering you must eat in a ceremonially clean place, you and your sons and daughters with you. For the foods have been given as a allotted portion 
and the allotted portion of your sons, of the peace offerings, and of the Israelites. The thigh of the contribution offering and the breast of the wave offering, they must bring in addition to the gifts of the fat parts to wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. And it will belong to you and your sons with you for perpetual statute, just as the Lord has commanded. Later, Moses sought diligently for the sin offering male goat, but it had actually been burnt. So he became angry at Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons, saying, Why did you not eat the sin offering in the sanctuary? For it is most holy, and, it, and he gave it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement on their behalf before the Lord. See here, its blood was not brought into the holy place within. You should certainly have eaten it in the sanctuary, just as I commanded. But Aaron spoke to Moses. See here, he said, just today they presented their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things as these have happened to me. If I had eaten a sin offering today, would the Lord have been pleased? When Moses heard this explanation, he was satisfied. I think what's happening there is Aaron is trying to say, we are trying our best not to do things that would displease God, and so we felt like it was best not to eat as a sign of our humility before God. And now we continue with chapter 11, which is a, a next section that describes what's called clean and unclean animals, things that God said you may or may not eat and the reasons why. Chapter 11. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said to them, Tell the Israelites, this is the kind of creature you may eat from among all the animals that are on the land. You may eat any among the animals that has a divided hoof, the hooves are completely split in two, and that also chews the cud. However, you must not eat from these, uh, eat these from among those that chew the cud and have divided hooves. The camel is unclean to you because it chews the cud, even though its hoof is not divided. The rock badger is unclean to you because it chews the cud, even though its hoof is not divided. The hare is unclean to you because it chews the cud, even though its hoof is not divided. The pig is unclean to you because its hoof is divided, the hoof is completely split in two, even though it does not chew the cud. You must not eat them, their meat, and you must not touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. These you can eat from all the creatures that are in the water. Any creatures in the water that have both fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, you may eat it. But any creatures that do not have both fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, from all the swarming things in the water, and from all the living creatures that are in the water, are detestable to you. Since they are detestable to you, you must not eat their meat, and their carcasses you must detest. Any creature in the water that does not have fins and scales is detestable to you. These are these you are to detest from among the birds. They must not be eaten because they are detestable. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the buzzard of any kind, every kind of crow, the eagle owl, the short-eared owl, the long-eared owl, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the screech owl, the white owl, the scops owl, the offspray, the stork, the heron of any kind, the hoopy, and the bat. Every winged swarming thing that walks on all fours is detestable to you. However, this you may eat from all the winged swarming things that walk on all fours, which have joint legs to hop with on the land. These you may eat from them, the locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, the grasshopper of any kind, but any other winged swarming thing that has four legs is detestable to you. By these you defile yourselves. Anyone who touches their carcasses will be unclean until evening, and anyone who carries their carcass must wash his clothes and will be unclean until the evening. 
all animals that defy the, the hoof, but it is not completely split in two, and do not chew the cud are unclean to you. Anyone who touches them becomes unclean. All that walk on their paws among all the creatures that walk on all fours are unclean to you. Anyone who touches their carcasses will be unclean until evening, and the one who carries their carcasses must wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. They are unclean to you. Now this is what is unclean to you among the swarming things that swarm on the land, the rat, the mouse, the large lizard of any kind, the Mediterranean gecko, the spotted lizard, the wall gecko, the skink, and the chameleon. These are the ones that are unclean to you among all the swarming things. Anyone who touches these creatures when they die will be unclean until evening. Also, anything they fall on when they die will become unclean. Any wood vessel or garment or article of leather or sackcloth, any such vessel with which work is done must be immersed in water and will be unclean until the evening. Then it will become clean. As for any clay vessel they fall into, everything in it will become unclean and you must break it. Any food that may be eaten which becomes soaked with water will become unclean. Any drinkable, anything drinkable in any such vessel will become unclean. Anything their carcasses may fall on will become unclean. An oven or a small stove must be smashed to pieces. They are unclean, and they will stay unclean to you. However, a spring or a cistern which collects water will be clean, but one who touches a creature's carcass will be unclean. Now if such a carcass falls on any sowing seed which is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and such a carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. Now if an animal that you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass will be unclean until the evening. One who eats from its carcass must wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. And whoever carries its carcass must wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every swarming thing that swarms on the land is detestable. It must not be eaten. You must not eat anything that crawls on its belly or anything that walks on all fours, or on any number of legs of all the swarming things that swarm on the land, because they are detestable. Do not make yourselves detestable by any of the swarming things. You must not defile yourselves by them and become unclean by them. For I am the Lord your God, and you are to sanctify yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. You must not defile yourselves by any of the swarming things that creep on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God, and you are to be holy, because I am holy." This is the law of the land, animals, the birds, and all the living creatures that move in the water, and all the creatures that swarm in the land, to distinguish between the clean and the unclean, between the living creatures that may be eaten and the living creatures that must not be eaten. And now I'll read from Psalm 110, a psalm which is quoted very often in the New Testament because it actually is speaking in a way that David is describing Jesus, the king and the priest we need. A psalm of David. Here is the Lord's proclamation to my Lord. Sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord extends your dominion from Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people willingly follow you when you go into battle. On the holy hills at sunrise, the dew of your youth belongs to you. The Lord makes this promise on oath and will not revoke it. You are an eternal priest after the pattern of Melchizedek. O Lord, at your right hand, he strikes down kings in the day. He unleashes his anger. He executes judgment on the nations. He fills the valleys with corpses. He shatters their heads over the vast battlefield. From the stream along the road, he drinks. Then he lifts up his head. And concluding today with Hebrews chapter 4, speaking of Jesus as the high priest we need. 
Therefore, we must not be weary that while the promise of entering his rest remains open, none of you may seem to have come short of it. For we have had good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard did them no good, since they did not join in with those who heard it in faith. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he said, as I swore in my anger, they will never enter my rest. And yet God's works were accomplished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken somewhere about the seventh day this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. But to repeat the text cited earlier, they will never enter my rest. Therefore it remains for some to enter it, yet those to whom it was previously proclaimed did not enter because of disobedience. So God again ordains a certain day. He says, Today, speaking through David after so long a time as the words quoted before, Oh, that today you would listen as he speaks. Do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken afterward about another day. Consequently, a Sabbath rest remains for the people of God. For the one who enters God's rest has also rested from his works, just as God did from his own works. Thus we make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one may fall short by following the same pattern of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit and joints from marrow. It is able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. And no creature is hidden from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. Therefore, since we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. That's God's wonderful promise that Jesus, because he is the high priest, we can come with confidence, humbly, but knowing we can receive mercy from our God because Jesus is the high priest who was the final sacrifice for us. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-